Alrighty, welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for again for joining uh, us on this fine Wednesday. I apologize for the later upload today. I had to record this the same day just because life is just rather brutal at the moment, but uh, I do appreciate your flexibility in the matter. Appreciate your listenership wherever you f- are listening to us now, whether that's on our hosting site, SoundCloud, our YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes. Apple Podcasts, you know, there are Google Podcasts, uh, um, you know, it is something that um, I, again, truly appreciate and I'm so very grateful for. Um, if you have any, ever have any sort of feedback, questions, comments, concerns, wsnspodcast at gmail.com. So, I was driving out to my parents last night. I have dinner with them every Tuesday night. It's just one of those things that we do. It's, you know, it's family night and I go home and see them, and it's uh, it's just something that that we do. It's very special. And when I occasionally, when I'm driving uh, by myself, I listen to scripture. I just pray a lot. It's, you know, driving for me is is not always. It's not never a wasted time, and I enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy it. Well, this this past um, week, I've been thinking a lot about just our relationship to Christ, and I've been reminded of. When I, when I look at my own faith journey, and you start looking at the words of Christ. You start really looking at what he said. And you can find this in Mark chapter 8 and Luke chapter 9, but from the NIV translation, he says, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. You know, it's a very eschatological or end times statement that Jesus ends up making there. Uh, it's a big statement. It's it's for those people who turn away. It's 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 a it's a um, a hearkening to the unpardonable sin. You know those who blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. Basically saying, uh, if my hermeneutics and my exegetical practices are correct, it's the those who turn away, those who do not want to follow Christ, do not want to follow that. It's really that simple, and so. As I have tried to, you know, live and understand how the Christian life is supposed to be lived, that that has been a an increasing verse in the forefront of my mind, and it it was on a walk. See, on these Tuesday nights when I go out to my parents uh, in the fall when there's not as much daylight, um, we my dad and I go for walks, and it was uh, it was about this time last year, maybe just a little bit earlier. My dad and I were walking, and. I, I just it just came up to me that so many of us we have a goal. So you picture yourself walking towards a goal. Like we can use the actual metaphor. You're walking down a road, and your goal is to get to the end of that road and then come back. You're going for a walk, right? Getting some exercise, getting away. Maybe you listen to some music or listen to a podcast. Maybe this podcast while you're walking right now. Maybe, but you have an end goal because you're going to you've set out to go somewhere and then you've come back to you're returning from that place, right? That's normally what ends up happening. Well, see, for me, the thing that that I wanted to be careful of is not throwing everyone under the bus in this case. It's, it's not saying that everyone who has a goal um, is, is, is bad. What I am just saying is that how many of us start out on a journey asking God to bless it while we're already on that journey? So you start out from home you look back over your shoulder and you say, hey, God, is it okay if I go this way? It's kind of like if you had to run over to your friend's house and as you're leaving, 
your house, you're asking your parents for permission. You, you cannot understand the metaphor here. You look back over your shoulder saying, what's that, God? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm headed this way. Thank you for blessing me. And it just hit me last night after just thinking back over my own metaphor. Not that it's profound or anything, but it's, do we love, the question I have to ask is, do we love Christ from afar? Or are we helping him carry the cross or our own cross? Now, wasn't that an interesting question? Do we love Jesus from afar like his disciples when he was crucified? They loved him, but not enough to be right next to him. They loved him, but not enough to avoid denying him like Peter. Or would we be willing to be like the guy, the gentleman, who helps carry the cross of Jesus? Now, that might be you know, something, you know, or we're not, none of us, I'm, I'm saying to the point is that you know, obviously Simon of Cyrene was you know, voluntold to do it, right? Um, he wasn't there to you know, throw himself at the, the foot of the cross as far as we understand it. But if Jesus was doing that again today, the question is, is would we love him from a distance? Would we be ashamed of him? Because he, again, he doesn't fit our our mold. He doesn't fit our expectations. And yeah, very well, that could be true. No, nothing's nothing's new under the sun. Of course, we would, we would see Jesus and he'd be interacting with the world in a much different way than we, us here, at least in the United States and the West um, would be probably ashamed of being seen with people, right? And that's, you know, to me, one of the, the saddest parts of all of this is realizing how much we would probably not be around Jesus, not associate with Jesus. And there's been a lot of debates over the last, you know, decade or so about what do we do with the Bible? What do we do with certain passages? Is it, is it infallible? Is every word, every comma, every punctuation mark in the right place? Do we get down to that type of detail? Or do we go soft and say, well, the general idea of the Bible has been conveyed. And then some people go worse more than that, saying, well, there's the general themes, but not all of it's true. Some of it's actually blasphemous and, and just wrong by any modern standard. We actually go all the way. I just... I just want to ask ourselves, are we serious about being Christians and how serious are we? Do we believe in a fool's faith? Do we believe in a faith that is just archaic, that doesn't need to be around, that is rather dumb? Or, or are we active participants in the crucifixion, both as people putting Jesus up there or being willing to be crucified along with Jesus? Are we loving him from afar or are we next to him helping him hold up the cross that's what hit me last night and it's easy for me to get up here and on a podcast and and just preach and say well you should it just should be that easy there should be there should be no fault no hesitation uh no uh, because i'd be one of those people that'd be probably running for the hills if i'm being completely honest because it takes a, an incredible amount of courage to look death in the eye, look your own vanity in the eye, to look 
at the worldly status that maybe you once had and to just throw it all away for a kingdom that you can't see physically. I think you can. I, do see, I, I think metaphorically, I think you, you see the glimpses of the kingdom of God all the time and through people's actions, their hearts, the demonstrations of love. But like seeing what heaven physically is, maybe we do see the glimpses of it. But it's not like I wake up, I... I use the bathroom in the morning and take a shower, and it's like, oh my gosh, the kingdom of God every day. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think you guys understand what I'm getting at here. I'm not saying we shouldn't be grateful for the, those type of amenities. I'm just saying, for the the sake of the argument, people could say, like, I'm living for for a king that I've never seen. I've never seen Jesus face to face, like the people who wrote the Bible and parts of the New Testament. I, I don't have. I've never witnessed those type of miracles that they talk about, people raising from the dead or people's abnormalities being healed. I've never witnessed that. And yet, Christ talks about us being more blessed because we have faith. You know, Blessed are those who have, have heard but not seen. Not seen and yet still believe. He's referring to us. Because we're going off the testimony of people who have live their lives um, in such a way that added more to the words that they wrote. And they did not present themselves as perfect. They did not present themselves as flawless human beings de- deserving of praise. They constantly pointed back to King Jesus. And they were ashamed that they were ashamed of him. And yet Jesus still offers the mercy and the grace of the cross to us anyway. I mean, it's truly incomprehensible. The, the love of God is, is so vast, so wide. And yet we still stomp on it, and he's willing to forgive. Those are things, some things I'm wrestling with. I know these have been shorter episodes, and trust me, we're going to get back to some, some other stuff um, some, at some point. I, I will. I just, I'm trying to figure life out, and I appreciate uh, you guys giving me the freedom to do that. But I, I don't want to stop giving you this type of little content, these little nuggets. I hope they're helping. I, I hope they, they help. These are, again, these are the things that 28 years old as a pastor I, I, I'm wrestling with. It, it's, it's looking at what are we doing here in this Western Christian life? One of my favorite speakers, I know there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of commentary behind Robbie Zacharias and his not-for-profit that he started, but the current president, Michael Ramsden, is a gentleman who grew up in the Middle East. He's from the UK, uh, and he had moved here stateside a couple years ago to take over the running of RZIM, and then this whole stuff happened. So I can't speak to what his involvement was. I know we don't ever like to talk about the bad stuff that happens, and uh, we can't see that what good can come from, from bad. But all of that aside, there was a quote that he, he had said in one of his... Um, sermons many, many years ago. Um, And he said, Christian obedience, Christian morality, the Christian life has never been a matter of convenience. Jesus Christ said that if anyone wants to follow me, he must pick up his cross, deny himself, and come. Otherwise, you cannot be by disciple. It is impossible. As the Western church, are we living this gospel? If we were to stand before our fiercest critics, you know, the atheists, agnostics, whatever they may be, would they look at us and conclude that we have domesticated our Christian faith to make us feel better about ourselves? 
Or would they or would they conclude that we are prepared to lay down our lives for a truth that we could not possibly deny and will not renounce? And later it goes on, and he's speaking in Europe, speaking in the UK, and he later in the same sermon goes on to say, in Europe we now have a form of the Christian faith that seems to ask for nothing, demand nothing, and cost nothing. That is what I fear for us still here today and in my own life. The complacency, the apathy, the affluence leads to so much complacency, so much slothfulness that going to church doesn't cost us anything. We're never asked to lay ourselves down. So that's that's just something that I want to put in our ears. Something you'd be praying about. I, I hope we don't fulfill that here, I which I'm 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 certain that we do, unfortunately. That that is uh, the way that we have lived our lives, and it's because of the shepherds. I mean, again, you go to uh, Ezekiel, go to Jeremiah, look what God says through those prophets about what He's going to do to the shepherds who have preyed upon the sheep instead of protected them. And Jesus comes as the good shepherd, willing to lay His life down for the sheep, and in fact, He did, even for the sheep that He knows are going to reject Him. I mean, it, it's it's truly incredible, and. He un- we understand that you know people will be hated because of, of Jesus. Well, are we willing to be hated by both people who claim to be followers of Jesus and the world? Or is that life just too comforting, too reassuring? I hope I've given you some questions to think about. I'm doing this for you guys. This is what the Lord has commanded me to do. And may God bless you and may God keep you.